0: Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with our chief wrestler, my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Yo, Father Len.
1: Well, top of the morning, you, Irish. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. So, Father Len, I think we have something fairly foundational here today to talk about. You know, we close each episode of our podcast with kind of a simple statement of our intention for wrestling with God, and it's our constant search for truth and meaning and purpose in our lives. So I was thinking if we hope to achieve this purpose and we believe that we're created by Almighty God, we probably should try to understand why God created us in the first place. So how about we dive into that question today?
1: Okay, that's that's a great one. So I'll give you the answer ahead of time. So basically <laughs> the answer is relationship. <laughs> Why God created the earthling. And when I say the word earthling, that means somebody who, yes, has the DNA of a human being, but doesn't really live in relationship or unconditional love. So there's different terms in the Bible for a human being. And technically, like you'll start off mentioning the earthling, but the right. earthling is somebody who's not in a relationship and not only not in a relationship, but not in a relationship of unconditional love. That's what we're intended to, to end up as start out as an earthling. We end up as a human being and a, hu- a true human being lives in unconditional love in relationship. So the first reason why God created us is actually for relationship, for love.
0: For relationship with, with yeah, God with, or with for relationship? God rela-
1: and each other and with creation. Yeah, with it all. Okay. And because remember, there's two creation accounts in the Bible. The first one, God creates where it says, and I love this, let us create mankind in our image. So God creates mankind in diversity. But also unity. So the image of God is not a singular human being. The image of God is mankind living in, united in love. That's, that's once again, unity and relationship and love. That's the image of God. The second creation story is you know, better known as the Adam and Eve. The earthling is created with a problem. And the problem is Loneliness. And the earthling prays for a companion and uh, is willing to die for love. And God puts him to death. He dies just to thinking about himself and he dies to himself. And then God takes the rib or it's in Hebrew. It's either rib or half of them and forms Eve. And then he wakes up. And of course he sees the most beautiful woman in the world literally there's nobody else and says bone on my bone flesh my flesh and after that god doesn't call them earthlings god calls them human beings and the point being is that everyone is born an earthling but until they can love to the point of death is their humanity born hmm. so you only become a true human being when you can love to the point of death so human beings are meant to kind of evolve into this relationship of unconditional love with God, with other people, with creation itself. So humans are created for relationship. Now that would have been revolutionary at, the, at its time. And you have to know that, uh, actually, this sounds kind of strange. Exodus actually would have been in the Hebrew mind, the first book of the Bible. Exodus talks about, How the people were created. Now we we just chronologically put Genesis first because it makes sense, but Exodus is about the birth of the Hebrew people, so it's a creation story of the Hebrew people, and the people were slaves that God set free, and this is so unusual because in other pagan creation stories, in the pagan myths, their origin were had all these grandiosity. You know, the pagan myth is that they'd say, you know. Other people, you know, those people were created by lesser things. The <laughs> Irish were created from a potato and the Polish were created from a piece of cabbage. But, you know, our people, our people were created for something grand, by something grand. And so Genesis is the backstory to Exodus. And the Egyptians and other king, kingdoms believe that only the life of their king and their upper class had value. All other human beings were created to serve them. So in other pagan stories, humanity was created to serve the gods or to serve the king and his elite. And how revolutionary to say, no, all people were created in the image of God and all people were created to be in this relationship of love. That would have been completely different. That would have been revolutionary for its time. It's the only creation story that says we're all created for this relationship of love. And that's not just a theological statement, that's a political statement. And so Christianity, we would have this idea of the Trinity, that God is a Trinity, lover, beloved, and love itself. And so we'd say we are created by perfect loving relationship, a Trinity for relationship. God is perfectly happy. Didn't need to create us or creation. Completely happy. But God is this explosion of self-giving love. So God created all creation, the angels, the human beings, creation, because God loves to love. God wants loving relationship. God is pure, unconditional, self-sacrificing, self-giving love. So why did God create Because it's in very God's nature to be in relationship. He has so much love. He wants to love more. And so our high destiny is to live in and with each other and God. So I I do love the line from the Baltimore Catechism that, you know, so many people had memorized. But it's a great line where the question was, why did God make you? And the answer is, God made me to know him, to love him, to serve him in this world, and be happy with him forever in heaven. Why did God create anyone? Uh, God is unconditional love. So, heaven, and I like this, heaven is a community of unconditional love. Heaven itself is this place of ultimate community. The opposite is hell, and hell is to live by and for just oneself. Heaven is a life of a community where yeah, we're completely different, but we're all united together. That's just a profound thought in the ancient church. I had this line that just always captures my imagination In heaven will be so one that will be like wine. And what they mean is that we'll shed the skins of our selfishness, the grapes shedding their skins and we'll all become one without losing our uniqueness will still remain unique, but like wine, totally united. But not just with other human beings, and not just us and God, us and all creation, angels. Uh, remember, there's angels in heaven. We'll be one with them and the tetramorphs and the seraphims. And so religion for us is moving into this community of love we call a trinity, but also moving into this community of uh, love of other, you know, saints and angels. So, you know, it always drives me at the wall when somebody says that. Well, on Sunday they just go hiking or play golf because they, you know, like that's how they worship God. But that's by yourself. That's a definition of hell. Uh, yeah, you may enjoy it. I enjoy a lot of things, but that's just <laughs> by myself. We're meant for relationships. So, in the Garden of Eden, even. Even the humans in the Garden of Eden were in relationship with the animals. And the image of that in the New Testament is Christ in the Gospel of Mark, where it starts off with him with the animals in the wild. It has this image of like Christ is the Christ is the original Saint Francis, who are one with the animals. A lot of the Irish saints could speak with the animals. Saint Blaise, he was known to be able to speak with the animals too you have this constant theme throughout 2,000 years that the the more one moves closer to Christ, the one more they're in relationship with other people, with God, and even the animals. So why did God make us? The first answer is a relationship of love. God is this explosion of love, and God created us so that we can share in love. God loves to love.
0: You know what I'm taking away from all of this, and uh, it's kind of fuzzy in my head. But you're you're basically saying that we're I'm I'm getting the sense that we're like part of God. That I mean, it's hard to separate us from God. You know, the animals, the humans. I mean, it's all part of God. It's all part of this big relationship. And I don't even know how to say it any. More yeah, I would that. say that, that, I that, yeah, I'd I say
1: a big this big relationship. I would you have to be careful when you say it's all God because then it sounds like pantheism, but we, that's not what we're saying, right?
0: What um, now what is pantheism?
1: Oh, that the cat is God, the dog is God, you're God. Okay, okay. Um, no, we're in relationship with God and God runs through and in us and beyond us. Right. So it's more of a our idea is more of a participation. And I love how Christ sums up all his teachings with to love God with all your heart, mind and soul and your neighbor as yourself. It's all one big love. It's all one big relationship.
0: But, you know, what you said, I think you said something like this, that, you know, God kind of couldn't help himself because he's, you know, he's total love, infinite love. He had to create all this stuff. Um, yeah, I love
1: that where Jesus gets in an argument, always argues with the Pharisees, because they want God as this rule keeper. That like the the parable of the prodigal son who you know wastes his life. And that's a great parable because they ask it because Jesus is too nice to the sinners. Like they need to suffer. They've committed you invite tax collectors and prostitutes. And Christ is always correcting, well, no, the problem isn't that I don't believe in moral behavior. The problem is you guys have the wrong image of God. You have the image of God as a strict, you follow the rules or you're in trouble. Yeah, you know, God supports morality, but also God is love. God is this wild father who can't help but welcome his child back. He gets carried away with, with love. And the older son in the story, he's a bit, I followed the rules. Well, I love you too. <laughs> I, I love you too, but I can't help. I get carried away with love. That's the part that the Pharisees can't understand about God, that God is self-sacrificing love. They want God to be, you know, okay, those people misbehave, so they get punished. No, we inflict our own punishment. We choose to only think of ourselves. And we'd say, well, sadly, that's not what God does. That's what we do to ourselves. We become, you know, a true human being is somebody who's in relationship to just think of yourself. Well, technically that just makes you an earthling. So that would say the first reason God created us is God is love. We were meant and created for relationship. And the second, I just mentioned this, is actually we were meant for work and responsibility, In Genesis, God is a creator, God is a worker, and the humans are given responsibility. They're supposed to work and care for the garden. And just as in the garden, we're created to work, so too in the modern times, we still need work and a sense of purpose. And not that we're meant all to be farmers, but Christ has given us many gifts, and that's to bring about the kingdom. So all of us have these various gifts, and when we offer it, the kingdom of love is established. So the second point of Genesis is that all human beings were were not just created for relationship, but like God, we have work to do. They were created to care for the garden.
0: And if you notice... And, when, and this this work to do is to to use your gifts to give your
1: gifts, right? To pour them out. Your to life pour has them out,
0: to, not just for you. Don't you know? Just, you don't squirrel them away for yeah, yourself. Be a
1: sin. Yeah, you might be happy and gain, but that's a sin. And if you notice in the Bible, this sounds kind of strange. Sin affects creation. Sin affects the earth. So, when human beings sin, it turns the earth into a wasteland. It affects creation. So you have this odd theme that's consistent. Our sin or our holiness affects creation. Our sin, our holiness, it affects how we relate to each other and even creation. But we're not created just to exist. We exist with responsibilities. And I know I mentioned this. I'm just going to throw this out. I love the middle-aged idea of the great chain of being. And the great chain of being is you know, human beings were not created first. First, God created the tetramorphs. And everybody says, well, what's the tetramorph? <laughs> well, we really don't quite know. We'll find out in heaven. God created the tetramorphs and they were to guide the seraphim. The seraphim, we really don't know what they are. They're these creatures of flame and fire, but the tetramorphs guide them. And then the seraphim, they guide the angels. So, The angels then are charged with guiding us human beings. So the great chain of being also is this great chain of responsibility. And we were supposed to be responsible for the earth. I love that idea that no, every human being adds something to the kingdom of God. And if you don't offer your gifts, then this kingdom of love, it just makes it tougher for it to come together. So relationship and work and uh, The last one is actually, this sounds strange, rest, or you could say freedom. The other reason why we are created was for freedom. So you know how it says God rested, and so we should
0: rest? You're talking about in the Bible where it says God rested on the seventh day after God finished the work of creation?
1: Yeah, but rest isn't really a good uh, definition. It doesn't really mean doing no servile work rest means freedom. Um, So in the Exodus story, they were slaves to the economy. They always had to be producing something, and they were under the thumb of the master. So once a week, God commands them to remember that they only have one master, and that is God, turns out to be love. Once a week, we're to worship in a community, and our worship sets us free. So In Genesis, the reason why you keep the Sabbath is so you truly can evolve into a true human being. In Exodus, you keep the Sabbath so you won't devolve into thinking like an Egyptian where your life is just a a matter of producing things for other people. So once a week, we worship that we're set free. And to celebrate that freedom, God demands that we gather as a community to remember that freedom, to remember we are created for a relationship, not just to say, well, I like to play golf. Well, that's all about me again. Well, so one of the things that Christ was supposed to bring in the prophecies is this freedom of the Garden of Eden. Christ returns us back to the Garden of Eden where we're truly free, to be set free, to love, free from everything. And the odd part is, like, from my standpoint – There's so much evidence that the Genesis creation is true. And by evidence, I mean this. They did this long-term study on huge 50, 70-year study now on what makes people thrive. So they tracked them every year, this graduating class. And what they found out is that people who live in a long and loving relationship, they live longer they're happier and they have better health. But the most important health advice you can give somebody is loving relationships. It's more than anything. In fact, they found out living in a loving relationship is the best of all. To live just for and by oneself is the worst health thing that you could do. It's equivalent to smoking like six cigarettes a day. So as much effort as you put into, you know, not eating desserts, the far more important thing is to live in a relationship of love with other people. It is better to eat a Twinkie with friends than <laughs> a salad by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All the evidence is the healthiest, happiest, long-living human beings live in relationship.
0: Um, live in a loving relationship is loving what relationship. you're saying. Loving I mean, th- that's probably so put, the put best. On it. Okay. Loving relationships. That's probably the best evidence and the simplest statement of why God created us, is it not?
1: Yeah. And all evidence of happy, healthy human beings is, yeah, we are meant to live in a sense of relationship. I like it. Like even the work thing. I know this sounds kind of strange. I think that's proven out with science as well. People who live believing that they have a purpose also live longer people who always have work to do serve, you know, offer some sort of service, they live longer. Like for my own family, I can tell the story of my aunt, Cal, unfortunately she died, but God, she was just wildly funny. Of all my, all my aunts were hilarious, but she was the funniest of all the aunts. And she had this great marriage, had a good marriage. Her husband was a worker bee, but you know, one day he retires and he doesn't do anything doesn't do anything in retirement. And my aunt is always busy doing something. And so finally he did something like rearrange her kitchen, which was a no, no. So she
0: told <laughs> That's him. That's a no, no. A lot of women. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Oh, so she told him, I think this is funny. She says, you're getting underfoot. This is not going to work for me. So she said from <laughs> nine to three, you have to find something to do get a job, take up golf, have an affair. I don't care. (laughs) Just leave me alone from nine to three. And sadly he didn't. And he dies of a heart attack. After all those years of work, he never really learned how to, I don't know, live without the purpose of just the nine to 5 job. You have to have a purpose. And my aunt Cal, and this was hilarious. She was in her nineties living in Montana and she was doing meals on wheels which is just, She was like 94, 93 when she was still driving around doing meals on wheels in winter in Montana, which cracks me up. Because could you imagine like she's delivering to some 75-year-old person, some 93-year-old woman is driving through the snow delivering meals for 75-year-olds. And, you know, I can hear, here you go, honey. <laughs> you take care. Like... She just was unstoppable in many ways. I just loved that about her.
0: Having that purpose probably uh, kept her living longer. I mean, and that's I just, my point. I and mean,
1: all it, science proves it.
0: Totally, totally.
1: We're meant for purpose and relationship. To live by and just for oneself, I think it goes against why we're created. That's my point.
0: Well, well, the other thing, the other evidence for that, and this is kind of a sweeping generalization, but so many of the truly rich people don't ever seem to achieve happiness or satisfaction. You know, if they're just working for the money, they never can make enough money. They can't acquire enough power. If you don't have this purpose beyond yourself.
1: You know, there's this great film i i liked it it was a documentary the the producer who made the mask the movie the mask he made a bunch of movies that but he put out this documentary because he had made it big and he lived in this huge mansion with a huge swimming pool and all these chaise lounges that were empty and he says you know i was so miserable i had all this money but i was so cut off and miserable and so he actually donates a huge portion of it, keeps some of it for himself, continues, goes back to work, but he sells it all and then lives in a small little house in a neighborhood where, that he says is really friendly. He rides his bike to work, knows all his neighbor, and he says, I'm 10 times more happier now that I have work and I have people in my life. But when I was in the big mansion, I was there alone. And I thought, wow, that is just a really good story. Like he was meant for relationship, and work.
0: Yep. Well, Father Lynn, I think you've done a good job here of helping us understand why God created us. Do you have anything else you wanted to add at this point?
1: (laughs) I was going to say something smart, but smart-alecky. But uh, no, I'm fine. I'm doing
0: great. (laughs) All right. So, we welcome your comments and questions. It would be interesting to hear your reaction to this episode. It's easy for you to get those to us. Uh, you just head over to our website. It's www.gshow.com. That's www.gshow.com. And you'll see a little questions button there. You just click on it. and You'll find a bunch of different ways to get comments and questions to us. And if you're enjoying the Wrestling With God show, Please share your favorite episodes with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help people discover us. And we hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey, climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, and purpose in our lives. Thanks for listening. See you next time.